guys, welcome back to Tap That AZ Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Walters. In this episode, I have a co-host, my man Chris Malloy, food writer extraordinaire. Chris knows his shit when it comes to food and beverage, as you'll see in this episode. Really great co-host, and the plan is to have Chris on the show much more in the future. So we sit down with Abel and Ivan from Mezcal Carreño, and they tell us the story behind this amazing spirit from Mexico. And the story behind it is just great. The family roots and the passion that's behind what, what these guys are doing and wanting to bring this mezcal into uh, into Arizona, making an Arizona exclusive. They're still working on the logistics of getting this stuff into Arizona. So we're looking at around February uh, launch. So just follow them. It's mezcal.carreño.us. That is their Instagram. So just follow them and keep track. Take a look to see when it's coming. <laughs> so let's tap into Mescal Carreño. And we're already pulling. And we're live. We're live on the air right now. That's yeah. awesome. Good times. Not, not live, but... Uh... <laughs> so I'm here at, in a badass backyard. This place is awesome. I was telling um, Abel that when I saw the pictures on your guys' like Instagram, I was expecting like a huge like field in the back. Right? It looks like <laughs> a place that would be like way out there. That's just you know free range ranch. Uh, but we're in uh, where are we on Central yeah. Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so just had my mind blown by this this whole experience. We're gonna we're gonna really dig into this. But uh, I got a few people with me. Uh, you guys want to introduce yourselves? So I'm Chris Malloy. I am uh, with the New Times, former food editor, current food critic. Right now, I'm learning a lot about some interesting spirits, and uh, just happy to be here. Chris is a wealth of knowledge too. That, he blew me away as well. He's I'm like, man, this is. We I've been wanting you to get you on as a co-host for a while. We've been working at this. And we finally made it happen. It feels good. It does, yeah. Absolutely. We're, yeah. we're just making bridges all the all, all the all the place everywhere we go. Absolutely, man. So uh in uh Abel Ariaga and I am co founder here of Mezcal Carreño US. Excellent. Uh and here we got Ivan Carreño, uh Oaxacan born and co founder as well from uh Mezcal Carreño US. Happy to be here. Thank you very much for doing this. Absolutely, man. And uh your voice is uh <laughs> it was it was made for this, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad because I've got a face made for radio, too. <laughs> <laughs> so I just had, like I said, I have my mind blown by this this whole entire experience. Um, Tammy from uh, Cotton and Copper uh, connected us, yeah. and she's like, you got to see what these guys are doing. So um, what just happened? Like, <laughs> We gave you the Mezcal Carreño experience. Yeah. Um, really, we, we bring Oaxaca to Phoenix, Arizona in this very intimate way of, of education and celebration. Yeah. Oaxaca, what is, what it, can you explain what Oaxaca is? Uh, yeah, Oaxaca is one of the states in Mexico. It's one of the most southern states uh, in Mexico uh, that's very well known for its art, uh, its coffee, its chocolate, its gastronomy, and most importantly, its mezcal. Mezcal. Yeah. That's that's the that's the centerpiece today, right? Yep. Well, actually, the monkey is the centerpiece, <laughs> but uh, the mezcal is yeah. So, take us through like the 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 whole experience you just you just took us through. Where do, where does it all begin? So we'll, it begins in Oaxaca. So we'll, we'll yeah. dive more into Oaxaca. Besides, besides what it what it's known for, it's also very rich in terms of where these plants come from, and that's because of its 
terroir, it's, it's geographical regions they have. So similar to Arizona, it has multiple types, everything from your coastlines, your forest, your mountains, and your valleys. And fortunately for us, all of our mezcal comes from the central valleys of Oaxaca to the Valley of the Sun because it's only going to be in Arizona. Our mezcal is coming here for a purpose because this is where we grew up. Um, Ivan was born in Oaxaca, but he grew up here in Arizona, and so everyone in Arizona is going to have the first dibs on enjoying this very artisanal mezcal uh, here. So Valley to Valley is what, what you experienced, so that was the Valley to Valley flight. Yeah, gotcha. And what are we, what are we on first here? What is this? Uh, so first, we're going to share our Toblo with you. Um, anywhere from 10 to 12 years is going to take it to grow. It's called Silvestre, which means wild, harvested, uh, agave. Uh, they just uh, they you know propagate all in the, the mountainous regions, uh, the valleys and everything, and you got to go out looking for these uh, and bring them back and to distill this great spirit. So um, tell me what you, what, you, what you taste out of that, what kind of notes you get, or what you think of this. I'm I'm real bad at that. We yeah. discovered that, right? <laughs> Chris is he's the man. Like he he's t- he's like I taste like 1942 no, um, leather chaps. I mean, maybe with some stuff, but not this. No, I'm, you were I'm good, man. You were very stuff. good at identifying some things. Yeah. I mean, let me let me get another one in here. <laughs> it's real good. That's what I yeah, know. Yeah, it's got. I mean, it's definitely not as smoky as you would expect mezcal to be because the first thing you think of is smoke and i think that's because a lot of the introduction introductory ones that people you know first start off start off with happen to be a little bit smokier but some of the higher end ones that are kind of more about sipping don't have that smoke and when that smoke's dialed down there's a little bit more going on so maybe with this one I mean, it's not quite as grassy as some of the other ones but maybe a little bit of that vegetal kind of not funk but like something a, a, approaching funk uh and that's not even the right word. It's just like this kind of like vegetal, vegetal character that's mm-hmm. almost like if you're used to drinking like rum and bourbon, it, it, it's elusive to you because it's, it's not doesn't quite enter your, your experience as much. Yeah. So for me, it's hard, to, it's hard to pinpoint, but it's like something very vegetal and, and floral to me. And that's right. There's no right or wrong answer on that. Everybody's got a different palate. Um, you know, we, we've invited some different chefs out to this Mezcal Monday that we have here, and they've got some some very, very well-developed palates, and they've got some great different notes that, that they've got. You know, Chef Juan from Chula was like, it's got Szechuan peppers. That's what I can get out of it. And I'm like, all right, I can see that now. <laughs> like, I've never heard of a I've Szechuan actually pepper. never heard of it. I'm like, I'm trying to play it cool. I'm like, I've never heard of Szechuan like, oh, peppers. Totally. Well, we knew that, but I mean, you know. Well, that pepper, I mean, it is kind of a weird pepper but it's known like that quality that people associate with that pepper is like this kind of numbness and i think you do get a little bit of that yeah 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 and we'll we'll address that you know this isn't tequila tequila is a specific type of plant so what we just had right now was tobala so when people say mezcal it's almost like wine like you need to then dive into what type of plant you're drinking and most common is espadine so a, a lot of introductory people are drinking it in cocktails, which is great because it's the gateway to enjoying different types and some of your more artisanal ones. And espadine is grown at a very rapid rate in terms of agave timelines, which is six to eight years, where this one right here that you're, you're enjoying takes 10 to 15 years to mature, very, and it's a lot smaller. And to give you a perspective, it, it's really small leaves almost look like a crown. So okay. the tobala sometimes is called the king of the agaves because it looks like a crown. So uh, it tastes different, it looks different, and it grows longer than most other uh, spirits that people are used to. Okay. So that, that's why it's so hard to define because it really is its own special 
plant that's going to give it its own special notes. And so when we drink it, we've, we've done this so much now, we just love it. We, we kind of dive into it. So besides the Szechuan, we get some chives, almonds, um, some like green, fresh green peppercorn. Like those are some of the unique tasting notes as you keep diving into it that you get because every, every sip is a little bit more exploration. Yeah. Definitely a little peppery. And I think one of the things that really stands out about these spirits is that, like you said, you know, these agave are taking years, often decades, not decades, mm-hmm. but more than a decade to mature. Yeah. And with beer or uh, with, with wheat, with grapes, you know, it's just one season, you're ready. One season, you're ready. Yeah. Maybe you could talk a little bit about, I mean, something that, that interests me is kind of like, how do you keep up with just production, given that you're waiting so long for the agave to be ready? And so that's why like 80% of the uh, mezcal that gets produced is Espadín because Espadín is the closest, uh, it's like the cousin to the blue Weber Agave Tequilana. Uh, so it's the fastest turnaround time that they have. So 80% of, of what gets produced is Espadín. Um, and so uh, all of the uh, agaves that are the mezcal that you're going to have, they're called jovens. Uh, we call them jovens, just uh, distilled because we don't have uh, reposados or añejos or anything like that. Um, but that's kind of the way you kind of keep up with it um, as far as creating that that demand or trying to supply that demand. That, yeah, that's what the general market does. So for us, we, we have access to wildland. So when you go down to Oaxaca, because of all those different regions, these plants grow everywhere. Like you see them on the sides of the highways. You see, you'll, you'll go into this mountainous range and you see tons of them all over. So they grow naturally wild because that's, that's where they're from. And so they propagate all over the place. We have access to communal lands to make our wild agave mezcal that here that you're trying tonight. Um, but we have foresight. We want to be able to have these plants to enjoy for, you know, future generations. That's part of what we're, we're doing. We want, we're going down, we're planting on our, our own hacienda down there in, in Ocatlan in Oaxaca. And then we have additional lands that we're planting at. So we're, we are trying to plant plants here in the next year that our kids will be able to enjoy that mezcal. We don't have kids, folks. Like that's how far in the future. <laughs> that's we, a vision, yeah, man. I like it. You know, yeah. I, I can't wait to have a bottle that I share with my son someday or my daughter. My daughter would be pretty cool. She'll probably be drinking it with me. So, yeah. you know, that, <laughs> so it's, it's a beautiful thing when you have that vision. There's, there's a lot of folks that are trying to mass produce it, and we don't have a production timeline. We, we make our small 1,500-liter batches, and once that goes, then we'll go out and we'll, we'll harvest again. But we have a, a thought on maintaining that in the future um, so that, that way someone can enjoy it you know, for, for generations to come. Yeah. yeah. Taking a long view, being responsible with things. I feel like not enough people are doing that and you know, it'll be good for you guys. Yeah. yeah. CRM, there's a governing board for Mezcal. It's called CRM, the Consejo Regional de Mezcal. And they, uh, they, they, they suggest that whenever you take one wild agave out, you at least replant one. Uh, we're trying to focus on, we're trying to replant two. Nice. Um, so we, Abel and I just got back from a, a trip in August, um, that we ended up planting 2000, um, Espadinas. Um, we planted 25,000, uh, last year as well too. So we definitely are focused on the sustainability portion off of that as well. Yeah. 25,000. How long did that take? Like hours? No, like, no. Days. <laughs> no, no. I mean, like, in oh, hours, like uh, <laughs> could you estimate? Oh man. Like, I, I, hundreds I, and hundreds of hours. It, no, it wasn't hundreds and hundreds of hours. I, w- I would say week and a half, week and a half with four people. You guys must have gotten busy. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. My dad's down there. We've got some pictures on, on, on the socials. Cool. Yeah. Nice. So let's, let's backtrack a little bit. So uh, Mezcal, what, what you said that. Okay. Yeah. So Mezcal is the wine of spirits to, to take the high, high view of it. And so within that category, it branches down to tequila. So tequila used to be called tequila de Mezcal. Okay. And then as it got popular, they just started dropping off the name just like you know you know you don't order give me a wine chardonnay you just say chardonnay and people know what okay. it is yeah and so from there you have your different regions where 
the mezcal is created. And then bacanora is a specific type that can't, it's still considered a mezcal, but it's got its own uh, area it comes from, Sonora, and so it's called bacanora. Then you have sotol, which isn't even an agave, but it's still under that same category. It's, it's really unique, um, and that's another spirit. And then from there you have tequila, which is its own category because it's so popular, and it has its own denomination of origin. And then you have mezcal. And then within mezcal's umbrella underneath it, there's about 30 to 40 different types of agaves that can be used to create mezcal. And then those, like you just tried the tobala. And then the other varietals you have on our our Valley to Valley flight is tobasiche, depistate. So these are the names that people need to learn that they're going to request when they go out. Because if they just say mezcal, they're going to probably get a bottom shelf espadín. If you have a knowledge to order a particular plant, the, the bartender is going to give you some respect because they, they know that you know what you're doing, but also you're going to have a better enjoyment of what you're drinking because now you're picking a plant that you may love. So just like uh, the first beer you drank when you were young, probably isn't the same beer you're drinking now. And right, so when right. you try mezcal for the first time, you're you're trying to try some of these different bridles to find which is the one that you like the most and stick yeah. with that guy. And then from there, you know, mature your palate and find other stuff. Yeah, well, and you you compared it to uh, Scotch as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like with the, the different regions, like the Islay or the Highlands or something. That's what I'm familiar with. Yep. So, so some people like those the the smokier Islay, you know. So mm-hmm. that's seems like the same with Moscow. Yep, yeah. very similar. Terrar, Terrar makes a big difference. Yeah, Terrar. What is that? Uh, Terrar is everything like uh, altitude, humidity, sunlight, uh, the amount of rainfall that it had, uh, the types of trees that were growing around it, uh, all of the open air fermentation that will go into effect when you start uh, fermenting, uh, all of that. Yeah. Um, my friend Tammy from Cotton and Copper, I feel like I bring her up every three episodes. <laughs> I love her. She's the best. But uh, um, she talks about that a lot, too, mm-hmm. with the, like the cuisine that she makes, you know, local Arizona cuisine. You know, yeah, so she's pushing that forefront on cuisine for local Arizona. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, we, we love Tammy too. We just went foraging with her on on Sunday where we were waiting oh, in between yeah. the corn roasts. So yeah, that's right. uh, yeah. like a rite of passage if you're into food here. You know, you gotta oh, go yeah. foraging with her. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I haven't yet. I need to get on. I need to get on that. Yeah, uh, going back to Terroir briefly though, yeah. if you guys don't mind, I mean, yeah. one of the things that really appeals to me about mezcalos is that they vary immensely from, I guess, kind of one end of the range to the other because there's so many different places they're coming from and so many different kinds of agave and so many different people roasting in different ways. Whereas, you know, tequila is a much more kind of narrow type spirit in that it's made in Jalisco with a certain kind of agave. Um, can you guys speak a little bit about the range and how, how things are different as opposed to maybe tequila, which is perhaps like a little more narrow? Yeah, so uh, Tequila is pretty much uh, this big industrial company out there um, that has been pushing the forefront of uh, getting everybody to understand what uh, agave distillates are, um, and they've done a great job for it. It's just they do it uh, in a very industrialized way where they have big production numbers that they have got to hit. Uh, for example, they've got autoclaves that hold 30 tons, um, and they cook it with steam and a stainless steel autoclave where we cook it uh, in an earthen uh, pit. Uh, for four to five days. Uh, And so that's where you get that smokiness. Uh, You get no smokiness from the steam. Um, There are big players out there that are trying to go back to their old roots, um, where they're coming out with trying to go the old-style method or the Tohono or the the, uh, Earthen Pit. But, um, yeah, for the most part, all of the the differences is because of the way the production is made. Industrial versus an artisanal mezcal. Yeah, all the mezcal you're, you're enjoying tonight from us is artisanally made. So there's categories amongst the mezcal world itself uh they at one point we're gonna actually have to put industrial mezcal on the labels but the big guys were able to uh get that to not pass 
but the little guys still were able to, to put artisanal and ancestral on their bottles. So that's, that's a big win because normally that would have never happened. Like it would have just been mezcal. There, there's been some different laws that were tried to pass that were going to be in favor of the big guys that haven't been able to pass because of the social media and people being able to unite. And actually a lot of people from U.S. came down, wow. buyers from U.S. came down to Mexico and said if these laws pass, we're not going to buy the product. And that, that has that didn't happen back in the day with tequila. So mezcal is coming up at the right time because there's people trying to preserve it. And like you said before, like it's a very sacred state. So we're, we're fortunate the world is the way it is right now yes. that we, that mezcal can benefit. And, and because it's been so hidden for so long, it's still able to stay the way it was, you know, 500 years ago. It's actually the oldest spirit in the Americas. Right. Right. Yeah. You were explaining that to us. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But, it's the oldest spirit in the Americas. You know, every time they have like new archaeological sites, they, they, you know, they find the, the ways that, uh, how they could have been made. Um, and so there's still ancestral ways of making it where you get literally a big mallet and you just kind of mash it in a canoe in a wooden canoe and then you ferment on cowhide. And then wow. just still in a copper. They still do that. They yeah. still do that. Dude. That would be a gnarly drink, right? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's gnarly. a badass drink right there. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that that's and then those you kind of would get some leathery notes off of that. that I mean, you just be- imagine, like uh, you know, we. Uh, we've had we've had some and we've had some great market research days and and, and it's just trying all <laughs> these different mezcals and everything. You just you just can't help but fall in love with it. Yeah, yeah. They, well, I mean. I think there's artisanal and then there's there's this, right? You explain the process where, I mean, it takes days to do it, but like digging the hole in the ground and, and using the brick or the lava stones too, right? Yeah. So how does that take us through that process? Yeah, I'll take you guys through that. Basically, uh, once your agave is getting ready to, to bloom, it's going to sprout up what's called a quiote right out of the middle of it. And when it sprouts up, um, it's going to get ready to pull all the sugars and go up to uh, a leaf or a flower bloom. Um, you, when you see that, you're going to chop off the quiote and you're going to leave all the sugars inside of the piña, which is the heart, the corazón uh, of the agave. And then once you get it out of there, uh, you're going to cut off the pencas, which the pencas are the leaves. Uh, you're going to get enough to, to make a batch. Um, then you're going to cut it in half or usually quarters. Make sure there's no rot in there. Make sure you get it up in there. Uh, your pit is a conical shape of an earthen pit uh, that is lined with either lava rocks or bricks. You're going to get a really good fire going in there. And I mean really, really good fire um, in there. Get it really hot in there. And you're going to line it before you uh, hit the rocks. You're going to line it with bagasso. Uh, bagasso is uh, your previously cooked from your previous batch uh, d- um, fibers. Okay. And so that way the piñas don't sit directly on the rocks. Otherwise, they're going to kind of burn and char. And then that's where you're going to get a lot more smoke off of that as well, too. Gotcha. Once you have that ready, uh, you're going to kind of pile it into like a little mound, like a little um, uh, upward-facing cone. Uh, then you're going to cover it, usually with the tarp or petates or whatever you have. And then you get uh, dirt on top of that. You leave a little hole on top for some water to go in there, put the water in there, and then you cover it up and usually leave it for four to five days, depending on weather conditions. Um, if it's hot, uh, it's shorter time. If it's uh, cooler or if it rained, it's a uh, longer time. You told me before you said, I clarified before you said four to five days, that he said 45. Oh, yeah. Like, damn. Like, that's <laughs> a long time, man. Yeah, <laughs> 45 days. Um, we have been drinking some mezcal, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then at that point, it goes in there for four to five days. One thing that I really thought was cool, um, and, and you know, I'm big into craft beer, and uh, a lot of breweries, uh, I won't say a lot, but there's a handful of breweries that have done cool ships. Have you heard of the cool ships? Yeah, Wilderness did did one, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They did another one. Uh, actually, a group of breweries where basically they they get the the wort the 
you know, the sugar water that they get, you know, first step of making beer. And then they'll just take it out to the, like, a Mogollon rim and just leave it open air to catch all that wild yeast. Because that's, oh, okay. what, that's what happens with yours. With the mezcal, right? Yeah. So uh, basically, that was just the first step off of it. Uh, once you um, get it cooked, uh, you're going to open up your, your oven, uh, and you're going to check your piñas. And just like a great steak, you're not going to just serve it. You're going to let it cool down for a little bit and rest. So you're going to let it rest for a couple days as well, um, another four days, uh, four to five days, depending on what your maestro wants. Um, and then once you get that, you're going to start mashing them up. Um, we use a Tejona-style uh, wheel. It's uh, like a 2,000-pound wheel uh, made of uh, rock or concrete. Um, and it's pulled usually by a horse, donkey, or a tractor. Um, yeah, and that's what's, what that's going to do is it's just going to mash up all of that cooked agave. And it's going to um, try and squeeze all the sugar out of it, all that sugar out of it. Uh, once you get that, you're going to put that in uh, a vat, uh, a wooden vat. Usually there are 500 to 200, or 2,000 liters. Um, and you're going to let it sit in that vat for usually around seven days. Open air fermentation. It's going to get all that, all those flavors from all those different microorganisms and all that terroir that it has. Yeah. And you guys are also using some groundwater from uh, wells that are on the property too, right? Yeah. So you mix all that. We do have a well on site on the property. Um, and then I'll share a little bit more about the house in a second. Um, uh, once you get that and you're going to let it fermentate, uh, usually uh, it's around seven days. So you're already, you know, four to five days cooking, four to five days letting it rest, and then another seven days to let it fermentate. Then you got to distill. And when you distill, that's another two days because it's like no sleep. You don't want to uh, change the acidity uh, off of the fermentation. Um, and when you distill, you're going to distill in copper stills. They're alambiques, anywhere from 300 to 50, uh, 500 uh, liters. Um, and you're going to put it all in there and you're going to get a, a good fire going in there. When you get your good fire in there, your maestro is going to be uh, the one that's kind of taking a look at that, making sure that it's it's hot and everything. It, it takes your all of your senses to make make mezcal, um, and so uh, uh, alcohol evaporates at a lower temperature than water. So alcohol is going to evaporate, start evaporating. It's going to go through a condenser tube and through a coil uh, that's sitting in water, and then out's going to come this beautiful spirit, which is pretty much embodies the soul of Mexico, wow. called mezcal. Just a drip at a time, right? Just, yeah, <laughs> drip at a time. Drips. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so between that as well, too, just to get a little bit further into that process, uh, you're going to have um, your cabeza, uh, which is your head. Uh, you're going to have your, your cuerpo or your body, and then you're going to have your cola. Um, and you're going to double distill that as well, too. And your maestro uh, is going to use those, depending on what you have, to even out your alcohol content um, to make it just right. Ours, all of our expressions are at 46% alcohol. Uh, and that was specifically chosen by our founder, uh, Lorena Carreño, uh, because she's a, she is a sommelier. So she used that extremely good palate of hers to come up yeah. with that number. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And so there's a there's a deep story, though, with, with, the, um, with, with the place, right? The, the Hacienda? So we, yeah. yeah. And so uh, I don't want to feel like I'm talking all the time. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to tell you the story. It's, uh, <laughs> Abel's like, good roll with it, man. Oh, yeah. You're, 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 you're nailing it. Oh, nice. <laughs> so we started in the mezcal industry in uh, 1904. That's when we started, over okay. 100 years ago. Um, so basically, uh, my great-grandfather, Apolonio Carreño, he, he started a small shipping company. And with that, he ended up amassing uh, some land. Um, it's 1,500 acres. Just a small piece of land. You know it's what a I mean? little, yeah. <laughs> just, like, just a little a, bigger than this backyard here. Just, <laughs> yeah. just Central Phoenix, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so we ended up uh, amassing all that land. And uh, luckily enough, uh, one day, a uh, townsman had come. And he's like, hey, you have a lot of these plants on your on your fields. Can I buy some of these plants? And he's like, why? Why do you want them? And he goes, I'm going to make mezcal. 
And he goes, uh, your grandfather being a smart businessman at the time, he goes, you know what? You can have them for free. I'm not going to charge you. But whatever you make, I want half of that. Yeah. And that's just how we got into the industry, man. Wow. Mm-hmm. It, uh, mezcal is, 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 is a great spirit. Like I was saying, it encompasses like the soul of Mexico. So it's usually drank at quinceañeras, weddings, bautismos, happy birthdays, celebration of life, anything that happens like that. So my great-grandfather would only bring it out three times a year. He would bring it out for wow. his birthday in February. Okay. Mm-hmm. In April, uh, when you would start to plant. And then in October, when you would uh, harvest. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yep. So it's it's not an everyday drinking type of thing no, traditionally. Not, traditionally, yeah. It's, yeah. it's something that, that you say for special occasions. Yeah. Like you like your first experience with it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Real special. I don't know if you want to tell that story now or uh, at all. Yeah. I think, I think you should. For sure. <laughs> we just roll. Just, we have to. Yeah, absolutely. There was a the book we read once and it, it, it says you don't choose mezcal or you don't find mezcal, mezcal finds you. And, yeah. Uh, my compo over here. So we, we're we've been best friends for so long. We worked at circuit city together. So that tells you like how long we've known each other. Cause circuit city was really big back then. It was, <laughs> I think it was better than best buy at that point. Um, but so my compa comes over at a house party. We're young and, uh, parents left. So naturally you do a house party with all your friends. And he, uh, had just gotten back from Mexico. So he had some mezcal. Well, his mom didn't want him to take all the mezcal. So she's like, no, no, you can only take a little bit. So he's smart like all Oaxacans, and he puts it in a, a Dasani water bottle. <laughs> he shows up to the party late, like all Oaxacans. And so by then, I'm already pretty drunk. I'm young, drinking, you know, probably hypnotic and Hennessy at the time, not knowing what I'm doing. So obviously, those mixes don't cause a, a good night. So I, I end up getting sick. Everyone, I'm like, you guys can keep partying. I'm going to bed. I haven't been the good man he is. Starts saying, hey, everyone, I'm going to kick everybody out. So he doesn't want, he's got this bottle in his back pocket. He doesn't want to lose it. So he puts it in my room on my TV starts you know i'm gonna kick everybody out kicking out my cousins saying, i don't know if you're i don't care if you're his cousin you got to go like <laughs> mom told me if the house messes up it's my my bad yeah. abel can't make any more decisions he's he's out well i come to in my room and i look up my light was still on i mean that would have been a nice thing to turn off the light for me while i was trying to sleep <laughs> i'm pretty sure i was gonna stay <laughs> the night too as well so <laughs> you can turn off my bedroom light okay i just didn't want you to what if you're afraid so, of the dark uh, so I, this I, never would have possibly never would have happened if that didn't happen oh, the way it yeah, did, would never right? happen i would have yeah. just yeah. sat there and, and so me waking up coming to i see this beautiful bottle of the sunny water i'm like water well i get up and i start chugging it those real thirsty swigs you know when you're just super parched chug chug third one my mind finally goes this isn't water <laughs> Ivan comes in a little bit later. Well, I come in and I'm, I'm super happy. I'm like, hey, yo, I, I managed to kick everybody out within like 15 to 20 minutes. So I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm coming in there. I'm like, okay, we got work the next day, but uh, I'm just going to crash out as well. And so I'll see you tomorrow. And I come in there and he's like tucked in a little corner and he's got his like hands pointing at the TV and he looks like Gollum. <laughs> he's shirtless. He's like dripping wet and he's just like out there freaking out. And he's like pointing at the TV and he goes, that's not water. And I turn and I look and instantly I see my mezcal gone, first of all. And second of all, it clicks in my head like what he did. He just oh, chugged this thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that was his first experience with the mezcal, which is yeah. not a good one. So the water came from me going running to the sink and trying to put out the fire in my mouth, <laughs> yeah. splashing it. And yeah. so obviously after that moment, I was like, yeah, I'm never drinking mezcal again. X this out of my life. And it was even so bad where I couldn't drink Dasani water for the next year and a half. I would see it out like at Circle K and I'd be like, oh, it would... It would hit me. So mezcal burned itself in, into my soul. Yeah, the very first time I. That's a I memorable. Well said. Well yeah. said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's have you try the second one. Now we just yeah, put yeah. out for you guys. I think I might have drank it all already. <laughs> That's Actually, okay. We've got a little more. Yeah. 
I like the way that Chris swishes it around. He truly oh, I te- forgot that you're not no, supposed no, to no, do no, that. No, 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 no. It's the wine of spirits, bro. Like, you uh, are yeah. truly enjoying okay. it, you know? Well, that's wow, the way that... I've been trained to, like, this with wine drinking and beer drinking. They say it kind of releases a few volatile compounds, which allow you to, like, access through your nose, you know, what the essence of what it is. Uh, so that's, you know. As long as you don't shoot it, bro. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm happy. So <laughs> you do what you want to do. Just don't yeah. shoot it. I've been sipping it for a while, so I'm not yeah. shooting it. And and that's the big point is it's it's it, not only is it a different plant than tequila, but it's meant to be sipped. Like that that is how we do. It. We we we're pairing it here with some oranges. So again, another traditional way of doing it is you have the orange with salve gusano. Salve gusano is a very unique Oaxacan thing where they actually harvest these larvae that during the rainy season they're moth larvae. So there's these worms and they grow upon the. Um, agaves and Oaxacans are very resourceful so they're all about sustainability and reusing things and so they get these worms they actually roast them up we mix them with a couple different kinds of chilies so this is stuff our, our the salad gusano here is artia made it so it's like chili de arbol and chili de agua and you sprinkle it on your orange and it's not like tequila where you're trying to hide the flavor right. you kind of nibble on it as you're sipping your mezcal and uh, it's just it's quite delicious and it opens up your palate and that's the best thing is it allows you to taste more of those agave flavors I don't know if I nibbled on those. <laughs> I think I just like, like jaws. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that was nice. Yeah. Really enhancing the uh, orange. But no, this is a really great sip here. I think this was one of my favorite ones out of the group. Although they're all awesome. But like this one, it just has like a little bit of sweetness that you're not accustomed to getting yeah. with mezcals. And I, I think it's just really nice in here. Would you guys agree with that or am I way off base? No, you. I, I think I think everybody's got like different tastes. And, mm-hmm. and if you taste the sweetness and that's that's just what it is. It This one, this one's a... Th- uh, Tepestate. Yep. So this one will be uh, up to 25 years that it could take for it to grow. Uh, so it's 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 kind of aged in nature, what Abel likes to say. You know, aged in nature. Yeah. So it's not like tequila where you just super age it uh, in oak barrels or anything. This one aged in nature, so it's going to have more subtle notes. It's going to have vegetal notes. It's going to have like a like a, a green bell pepper note. Mm-hmm. It'll have like rich minerality to it, yeah. um, different things to it. But yeah, you're, you're not wrong. With mezcal, you're never wrong. You get some like wheatgrass on this one. It's it's because it does grow for twenty to twenty five years before it matures. You just think about it like it's it absorbing the earth. So this one's going to taste. Yeah. It, where you said vegetal earlier, this one to me really tastes vegetal because it's it's absorbing what it's been around for two decades. It's like yeah. a little peppery kind of mm-hmm. the end of it, a little yeah. bit maybe you know. No, it's really good stuff. It's fantastic, man. Um, yeah. So highlighted by so yeah the orange that that. The seasoning on there was fantastic. Sal de gusano. So, okay. Is there a way? <laughs> Remember, I thought I thought you did Spanish class I lessons four back years. in the day. Yeah, I took remember? four years of Spanish. I I don't know <laughs> shit. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, but the the food that was that was served as well, like so this special dip that you made <laughs> yeah that was like that that was the first note that i made like which is gone by the way listeners yeah <laughs> it's totally gone yeah, two it of was them. refilled too <laughs> yeah, yeah we got the was. backup almond dip and <laughs> yeah. crushed that too yeah. which is great i mean every 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 mezcal money is a little different we've had folks that crush the oranges sometimes and we're like oh we need more oranges and sometimes the dips like we've had some really unique and amazing chefs here and they've loved the almond dip it's such a chipotle almond dip i make here in house and I'm not a chef by means. I just love to cook. I, I love pairing food, good food with mezcal. Because I think you get good food, good people, good mezcal. It's a good time. And, yeah. You know, 
sometimes the f- good food doesn't last as long as the mezcal. Right. Yeah. And then they leave and they're like, can you send me the recipe? Yeah. They, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I was trying to extract it from them earlier. I was yeah. like, so what's this? And like, what, what do you put in there? And you're like, I'll send it to you, man. I'm like, yeah. all right, cool. We saw that. We'll just, we'll just, we'll just send it to you too. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're going to somehow make millions off the almond dip because everyone loves almond dip too. Besides the mezcal, I was like, man, we just, we, we just got to start packaging this up. Like, what do, the mezcal is just the, the afterthought because some people are just diving into this dip and just going ham on it. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> funny. Now, I'm curious about the mezcal and, and food. You mentioned that you kind of, when you cook, you consider how it's going to go with the, with the drinking. Do you have any, like, guidelines or any dishes you like to cook when you're sipping this stuff? I, honestly, I think mezcal goes great with, with everything. Um, it is very unique. But spicy food, because it is coming down from Mexico, spicy food f- pairs very well. That's why I have chipotle almond dip. Like, it, the, the spice kind of enhances what you're getting from the mezcal. Um, but really, like, we've had some great seafood with it. Uh, Chef Juan from Chulo started getting all inspired, like, oh, I can pair it with this. And it's great to hear the chefs. They, they, they absolutely love mezcal. Their palates are way more defined than ours will ever be. And they can see these things instantly as soon as they drink it, what notes that they're tasting with it. And the food to them comes to them naturally, like what they would want to pair this with. So we have some ideas with doing some pop-ups um, with some of these great chefs here in town, both that have roots within Arizona, but also roots in, in Mexico. So it it matters so much to them to, to have a great spirit, just like these folks are drinking, you know, their wine pairings. Well, mezcal is a nice high proof sipping uh, spirit you can enjoy with a vast array of, of delicious dishes. And it's also a, a good aperitif mm-hmm. and it's, it's a good for, to help the digestion process after you've, you've had a meal as well too. You just, after your meal, you just have a little bit of mezcal. What's yeah. an aperitif? Uh, it helps. It, it starts getting the the stomach juices going to the digestive process. Digestive process yeah. to okay. get, get to get, get your food in. ready. Gotcha. Well, I think in a, a couple, I thought of this a few times. So you had mentioned about you know you have some mezcal and Chris. You were even talking about like even a, a different type of um, a different type of buzz when you when you drink this, right? And do you want me to describe it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. <laughs> I mean, for me, when I'm sipping this stuff, it's like it's like a more cerebral kind of buzz in that. Mm-hmm. For me, it resembles drinking like good wine when you're just kind of chilling and like you kind of melt into your environment a little bit. Feel like talking, you know, engaging. You don't feel like going too hard. You just kind of want to just relax and soak it all in. And yeah, it's a really nice kind of headiness it gives you. Yeah. Well, I I think of it as um, I I almost feel like the pure the more pure um, a beverage is, I think the less likely you are to get. A hangover from it, right? For like sure. I, I don't know. I, maybe this is just in my mind, or maybe this is me convincing you know myself that you know what I do for a career isn't going to give me a headache. <laughs> but <laughs> but like craft beer, right? If I go to a brewery, like I feel like I could have four or five IPAs and I won't have a headache, right? Because it's it's you know I don't know that might be in my head, but uh, but this is such a pure spirit that mm-hmm. it, it's it. It's very clean. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's actually proven. Um, I have a friend who has a nutritional degree, and she says when people are doing meal plans trying to lose weight, she prescribes drinking, sipping on a spirit. So yeah. she'll, she'll recommend, like, if you can put, you know, a splash of spritz or something in it. But she says, people are like, oh, I can't drink anymore. No, you can. You just have to yeah. drink smarter. Yeah. And, that, and that's the big thing. And so having a spirit like this where you can drink a little bit of it and get that buzz you still want but not consume a bunch of liquid – perfect yeah. and so she was all super excited when i was asking her you know about it and she goes yeah this is this is what actually what i recommend to people is drink yeah. a nice spirit sip on it and your food plan still works so you can go 
and you're not ruining it by you know eating a big old burger. You're at least yeah. keeping yourself in line. What does she call it? Weaponized carbs. Yeah. Weaponized carbs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're drinking yeah. some different liquids, weaponized carbs was used. <laughs> and I was like, man, that's good. It's real good. good. Together yeah. with the grasshoppers, it's nice too because that's yeah. the lean, lean protein right uh, there. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm glad you brought those up, Chris. What 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 the hell is going on in that thing? That little cup. It's delicious. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> it, they are just some uh, chapulines. They are a Oaxacan delicacy. Um, you know, they come in various different sizes. Usually uh, you can get small, medium, and large, uh, full-body ones. Um, they just collect them in the fields, and then they cook them over the comal. Uh, they add a little bit of the chile and salt on them, and you just kind of have them there. Kind of like beer nuts, almost. Like if mm-hmm. you go to a bar and they have beer nuts, you just kind of always bring out chapulines um, to have with your mezcal. It's just another, it's another great thing that comes from Oaxaca. I've seen them in tacos. Uh, I've actually oh. got them in a cocktail once. The guy sprinkled them on a cocktail. Really? So they're very versatile in, in how you can uh, consume them. But normally we just eat them. For, for everybody else out there, They to me, they remind me of that little beef jerky you would eat in the can that, you know, when they're trying to teach us. <laughs> the jerky stuff. Yeah, the stuff. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that, yeah. That's really what it tastes like because it's got that softness, but there's a little you know chewiness to it as you as you get into it. My description was a little strange. It was canned spinach with white <laughs> vinegar. <laughs> I like it though. Specific. But I loved it. Specific. Yeah, I like yeah. It. Oh, dude, I yeah. used to eat that shit all the time. Like I was like, <laughs> I'd drain out the juice and put the white vinegar in. My mom's like, God, God damn, he's doing it again. Yeah, but uh, I just love Eric. You can't you can't describe the mezcal, but oh, he got this real like in depth <laughs> notions of the chapulines. It's it's like the one description for the one mezcal that I have that Abel doesn't really like. Where yeah. I go into it and I'm like, this is what I picture every time I drink it, and that's that's what you were like. Yeah, yeah this, this is spinach. <laughs> yeah. man. it's the only thing I identified the whole night. I knew that I liked everything, but uh, yeah. So, food pairing. So I never really I love beer. Mm-hmm. I love food. I've never, I've never been able to make the connection with pairing beer and food. Um, I want to, I want to do one or the other, right? I'm not gonna drink beer and eat. So um, this is probably the most, this is probably the best food pairing with uh, an alcoholic beverage that I've, I've had. Like just what the way you set it up, all the stuff that you had, um, just those contrasting or, or mm-hmm. almost complementary. The complimentary, you know, yeah, the they, burn. They, it's the yin and yang. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, that's how it works. Yeah. yeah, it was fantastic. And then we got another one here. And what do we drink? Let's let's I, let's talk about these. So these are the traditional of. drinking vessels. They're called hikaras, and they are a, a gourd. So they in Oaxaca they, they carve them out and they they grow pretty big. So we have some here. We actually have it's for a bowl for our chips. So they to give you perspective on the size. But these are small little glass cups they make out of cutting the gourd in half. And so the nut in there is really bitter, so they take them out. And we have these actually hand-painted by Ivan's little brother, Pedro, who's an aspiring artist down in Oaxaca. He's 19 years old, and he did this great Oaxacan art on it. And so not only are you drinking the mezcal, which is art, but you're drinking it from art. And that's really what we're doing is we're bringing that that culture here. And so the Sikura is a unique vessel. It's uh, We have a little balancer on it because it, it's not built to be uh, balanced on its own. Yeah. But it's not you, a weevil wobble. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so you simply are, are enjoying it in the most traditional way. And so we're we're trying to bring that up. Um, some of the mezcals are trying to be more Americanized. We we want to bring you the true Oaxacan way of enjoying mezcal. And so hikara is that tradition. So you're able to sip on it from uh, that vessel and really get be part of that Oaxacan culture. Yeah. I love it, man. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. And if you swirl it around like like I do, it might spill a little bit. So <laughs> yeah, you you yeah. got to adjust. You got to adjust. It's it's visually like pretty incredible to look at. 
This kid's got some painting skills for sure. Mm-hmm. And the gourd is a little uneven too. You know, we always drink out of these symmetrical, perfectly made glasses. It's it's nice to have something that's like, you know, a little more asymmetrical and it's got uh, some gnarliness and a bump here, like you know. Authentic. Like you can't yeah. just recreate artisanal. this artisanal, you know yeah. what I mean? You know there's people out there trying to recreate this, you know, in some machine. Yeah. Oh, dude, dent this side so it looks like it. it's, you know. Yeah. 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 Just yeah. like people have holes in their pants and, yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> That's it's, right. it, yeah. And it, this for us is just natural. So what, what you guys are sipping on right now is the Tobasiche. So Tobasiche, again, is a specific type of agave. This one grows in the wild for 12 to 14 years. Um it looks more like a, a yucca plant, so it grows up. Okay. So the, the pina, which again, that's where we get all the sugars from, this one's actually above the ground, and it has their little spiky leaves, the pencas, grow more in a, an upward direction than some of the other agaves where they're kind of growing all on all shapes. So this one has a little bit more sweetness to it. Definitely. Um, yeah. You're going you're gonna to catch that with it. It's one of Ivan's favorite favorites. I always say favorite favorites, and he always gets <laughs> mad at me because every time... I, when, <laughs> It's just my, all of Mescal is my favorite. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I love them all. Like, every time I'm like, you know, like, we've we've been doing this for, uh, you know, nine months now that we've gotten into this industry. And, and uh, you know, at first we were, like, trying each and every single Mescal. And I was like, this one's my favorite. And then I'd go to, to a new one and I'd be like, this one's my favorite. And then finally I went to Tosi Chan. I was like, okay, I think this one's my favorite. And then one time we were with our maestro and, and um, he gives us some wild javali, straight javali. And I go, oh my god, this one's my favorite. <laughs> and he was like, all of them are your favorite. And then I thought about it. I was like, yeah, I think all of them are my favorite. <laughs> it's not a bad thing, though, right? That's uh, Ivan's a man of the moment. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. That moment. What was that? What did you just mention? Like the wild what? Javali. Yeah, what's that? Javali. It's another uh, species of agave. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. It's harder to make. Um, we only had 400 liters of that um, because it's just so wild to control. So it's, it's okay. It has like a mind of its own. So. <sighs> It's really, really good. Yeah. I think, like, this mezcal is what I like about mezcal, only, like, more so in that, to me, like, a lot of the kind of cheaper ones you taste are super smoky. And this one, I feel like the smoke is really dialed down, and there's, like, something of that smoke, but it's more of, like, a woodiness. Like, it's it's not even smoke. It's, like, something more, I don't know, like... So- like let me let me uh let me let me uh, tell you what I think. Okay. The way I kind of describe it, and Abel kind of laughs at me all the time that I tell him, it's like when you first walk into that sauna at the gym, like that oh, right. cedar, <laughs> like that like dried cedar smell. That's what I get personally. I get that and papaya. I get a full robust body off, body off of it and mm-hmm. uh, some rich minerality off of it as well. But just the sauna that 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 cedar is just implanted in my brain so much <laughs> that I'm just like that's the one I, I get. I get. I see the cedar like some kind of wood like that. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's very very, very unique um, for me because this is this is one of the ones where I, we were able to to try the plant after it's been roasted, and so when you try the tobasiche, it, it it was like it was like bite into a, a tea bag like a soaked sugar tea bag, and I was like head change from you know all the mezcal we've been R and D in before that, yeah, and then uh, <laughs> chewing on this plant, and so whenever I drink this guy, it takes me back to that moment, and I I get the taste of root, I, I really taste root. taste the root of it, and then a little bit of licorice in there. Yeah, I can see the licorice. Yeah, and so that's that's what's so great about mezcal's diversity is what makes it so much fun to drink because you really are taking a journey with like every sip and every bottle. Yeah, yeah. I think I just wrapped it up. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I only have one bottle of this left until so we're waiting for our first shipment. So that that really is the rarity of what you're what you know everyone's been enjoying. What you guys are enjoying is we're very limited supply because we are. We are bringing it up. It's going to be in the U.S. for the first time when we bring it up here, and it's uh, until then we just have our bottles that we've flown back with. So, and and we we had a uh, Kyle, 
uh, from Kudo, uh last Monday, and uh, he goes, I go, we, we literally only have two bottles of this, and he goes, sold. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I, was like I, I can't sell these to you because he's just what I use to like taste it for people. Yeah. And he goes, oh, man. And I was like, soon, soon, very soon, I promise. That's awesome. <laughs> Exciting for you guys. Yeah, yeah. thanks, man. Yeah. yeah, we've got we've got like hurdles in, in the business. You know, small startup, two best friends. We don't have a lot of money. Uh, we've got sweat equity, and we're just trying to try this, grow this organically, invite friends over. Uh, like you said, we're just doing it in our backyard and just trying to share my family and my culture from Oaxaca to everybody just once at a time. Yeah, and I like I like the way you guys are doing it too. Why how you're. You know, you and I were talking about um, the power of word of mouth marketing, yep. you know, um, and that's what you guys are doing with these Moscow Mondays and then, you know, inviting people like Chris and I out to like to experience it. Right. It's not a, hey, dude, check out our cool bottle. Go buy it. Like, you know, lurking in the shadows. Right. Yeah. You guys are, are, are meeting people, making connections with really the, the people that uh, the word you use was the, re- the a renaissance of mm-hmm. of, um, you know, craft food craft beer spirits whatever it is right here i think in arizona it's really kind of yeah chris has done a lot of great stories about like i'm like this guy's writing about everyone we've already been meeting like it's we got to meet chris because he's literally putting out stories i'm like oh yeah he was here he was here and i I was telling eric it's phoenix is in a renaissance we've had so many people that came from somewhere somewhere else and the way i kind of um pictured it was it was like a bunch of toppings at one point for ice cream. So you had a bunch of sprinkles and chocolate syrup and everything, but it needed that base. And now, like myself, I'm, I'm a third-gen Arizona native. I have roots from, from Mexico, but I grew up here. My, my mom uh, and her, her, her dad grew up here, and now I grew up with all these people from Arizona. And now it has that base. It has that ice cream. So now when you put those toppings on, it's making something so much better than just other pieces together. Yeah. And from the craft beer, the food, the culture, the music scene, everything in Arizona is combining right now to make a renaissance of greatness and people here want to help each other because we've had so many people that have offered help whether it's hey i have a great guy that does a podcast you should meet or (laughs) i have this other chef you should talk to and that's been the you know because we're just we're two very real guys telling a real story that we connect with people and everyone wants to help each other so in that moment we feel better about what we're doing and our vision because there's so many kind people that are saying I have someone that you should talk to or you should talk to. And we, we've re- returned already with different people we're trying to help that have told us similar stories and we've, we've had experience with it. Yeah. And so that's the greatness of Arizona right now in general, um, that really it's, it's coming together to, to be stronger than just the separate parts. Yeah. Yeah. We're not like these big guys that just have a ton of money to throw at it or anything. And it's, we're just going to get lost in that portfolio that they have, you know, 20, 40 different brands that they got. We're just bringing up one. We're just bringing up my yeah. family's mezcal, and that's it. We just want to share this with the world. And uh, if uh, if we can just go to a good restaurant, you know, and just see our bottle of mezcal there, and say, hey, you know, I want to order a, you know, a, a neat pour of mezcal carreño with my meal, and, and do that for the rest of our lives, we'd be happy. Yeah, life yeah. worth living. Absolutely, man. And and I think that that's the that's the direction people are wanting to go. Right? People are wanting to go. They're they're like ah dude that just seems too corporate. I, I had a conversation with um, uh, one of the owners at Scottsdale Beer Company um, a couple of days ago, and he you know that that's a great brewery. That's a great brewery. Makes fantastic beer. Great food. He's like dude. When we started, he's like people thought we were corporate because we all had the same shirts on. <laughs> you know. He's like ah it seems too tight. So. So people are, are sniffing those things out, and obviously they start winning awards. Uh, just a great atmosphere that they have. So so it was 
pretty quick that people are like, okay, no wait, these guys are the real deal. But people are on the on the lookout for those those too polished mm-hmm. type of things. You know what I mean? They want to see people like you guys that are have these great stories behind it. People want a story these days, you yeah. know. And storyteller, right there, Chris. <laughs> I been, try. I you're, try. You're fantastic at it, man. You you really are. Like I, uh, I'm glad someone thinks so. Thank yeah, you. I, a lot of times, I'll save like uh, articles based on like the. Um, you know, the headline, and I kind of start reading. I read all of yours. <laughs> You're embarrassing me, Mom, but thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. He does put out some good work. He does. He does. Well, that's what what I love about Chris's work is he – you're all about the story, right? And that's – with my podcast, I want to focus on the story. You focus on the story. These guys are telling their story. It's, you know. Yeah, these guys have an amazing story. I mean, it's the kind of story that, like, if I'm not reporting – Sometimes you report a story and it's like, how the hell am I going to write this? Like, there's yeah. not much here. <laughs> yeah. But just talking to you guys, like, it's the kind of story that just writes itself because it's so rich and there's there's so much there. And it's like you have almost an embarrassment of material. And it's like, <laughs> how do I tell this story? Because there's so much there. Yeah. You know, it's a, yeah. there's a lot going on. I mean. Yeah. We got we got a lifetime of friendship and, you know, it all brought us here. And so, like, for obviously I'm, I'm never drinking mezcal again, but here I am sipping on it for a podcast for the mezcal <laughs> company that we co-founded. So <laughs> right. there, there was a change in my life within, you know, from my 20-year-old self that was deciding to drink that water bottle to where I'm at now. And so Ivan's a big part of that because we were sharing everything from, you know, me teaching him how to snowboard. Like, he, he taught me Oaxaca. And so we went down for a wedding for his cousin nine years ago, compa? Yeah, 2012. 2012? Yeah, 2012. That seems like nine. And so, uh, what have you? It sounds like. Well, hey, to clarify. He's not known for his math skills. You know, he's. That's uh, how good this stuff is. We have a team. And we have, and we have been drinking some Mezcal guys. So, yeah, so we have a. I, Ivan was talking about dynamic duos because that's what we are. We're just me and him. You know, obviously, it's Thea's down there running stuff. But up here, it's like us and, you know, doing the whole U.S. So he's like, I figured out which dynamic duo, duo we are. We're not Batman and Robin. Yeah, everybody has Batman and Robin. Oh, yeah. Like, you yeah. Know, everybody has Batman and Robin. And if you could really see us, like we said, you know, if you can see us, I'm going to give you guys this one. I didn't give it to you earlier, and it is Timon and Pumbaa. Oh, wow. wow. Who's That's a pretty that? good Who duo right there. Can you see that? Can you see that? Between Wait, us? Timon Lion and Pumbaa? You can't tell? Lion King. You can't tell? No, no. Actually, even physically, there is a resemblance. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You guys sing, too? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a little yeah. bit? A little bit? <laughs> what a wonderful phrase. Wow. Great movie. Yeah, yeah. So, and but that's been our pair from, from the beginning, like you know, sales and, and operations, everything. You know, it, it's funny, but the Oaxacan experience down there, going to the wedding, visiting his family. You know, his his Theo had came up a few months prior. We took him to a Cardinals game, and like you know, it was just an amazing game, Christmas Day. And I said, hey, let, let's. He's a big football fan, so he grew up playing American football down in Mexico. Okay, and so we had a blast. And then going down there to the wedding, I was like, cool, we'll check it out. This is mine. I you know, I've been to a bunch of weddings. And I never cared about, like, I never thought, I knew one day I was going to get married. I am married now. And I thought, I'm never going to plan it. After that, having a Oaxacan wedding experience, I was like, oh, I got some ideas now. Because yeah. <laughs> it was so amazing. And I fell in love with, with the culture. He goes, he goes, hey, I want you to be my, yeah, my best man. And I want you to bring the Oaxaca wedding hair. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm stressing out. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big, like, the first part's like, yeah, I can do that. I can like, be the oh, best Oh, shit, the second, second part. Second part, yeah, the yeah. first part, I was like, no problem. I know everything about you. Second part, I was like, oh, man, how do I do this? But no, man, um, like we were saying, Mezcal is, 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 is shared at special events, at weddings and things like that. And so Mezcal, you normally traditionally don't shoot. But uh, at weddings or events, you usually kind of give them out. And everybody kind of is, is happy in my family when I kind of get to go back and see them because I don't see them all the time. I live here and they live in Mexico. Um, and so my cousin 
got this great opportunity to get married in uh, La Iglesia de Santo Domingo, which is the most beautiful church that Oaxaca has. Um, the altar is made of solid gold. And wow. so, yeah, it's crazy. Wow. Uh, somebody canceled and they go, you've got six months. If you want it, you can plan it. And she's like, boom. So she tells me about it. She's like, I really want you to come. And I was like, cool. Can I, can I bring a plus one? Can I bring like my best friend? And she goes, yeah, awesome. And so when we get there, we get there the, the night before and, uh, we're at the rehearsal dinner, and she goes, you guys got your guayaveras, right? And your guayaveras is kind of the shirt that we have on, um, your traditional kind of uh, Oaxacan shirt. And uh, we go, no, and we like go out and find guayaveras, and we try everything on the store, and nothing fits except for these two black ones. And so we just are like, cool, we'll just be twinning it. Mm-hmm. And the next day, my cousin is like, you guys are assholes. She goes, I said no black. <laughs> you guys are the only two? And we're yeah, the only, we're the only two wearing black. The Arizona boys got the black freaking oh, white yeah. on. Oh, man. So <laughs> that leads into the second one. We, she gets married. It's beautiful. We, we start going to the, um, the party side, uh, which is the, the botanical garden, and they start uh, handing my dad out the mezcal. And so as soon as you come out, you're going to get ready to go in. You have your shot of mezcal so everybody can see the, the guys in black. I'm off trying to find my cousins <laughs> because we have me and my cousins have a tradition where we all have a shot together. Um, and then Abel's kind of by himself, and my dad runs it to him. And he's like, hey, you are uh, my son's best friend. You have to have a shot. And Abel's like, no, 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 no. And then he goes, you know what? I'm a little bit older. I'm not super drunk. I'll give this a try. Plus, yeah, you know, I have, I've been to this point, so I'd avoided it my entire life. Yeah. I was never going to drink it again, but I'm in, in Oaxaca. My best friend's dad, who I just met, you know, he's, he's offering me a shot. I didn't know that he doesn't drink, so he never even took the shot. He tricked oh, me. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chicho got me. Uh huh. <laughs> so that's why they made him the guy to pass out the shots because everyone else knows he doesn't drink. Yeah. Not me. I was like, oh, well, I can't say no to this guy. So right. he, you know, fakes me out. <laughs> And I, I take the drink of uh, Moscow, but I'm like, oh, I got to tell Ivan now because I had never, you know, I was never going to drink it again. Yeah. First impressions are a lot in everything. And for me, my first impression was being based off of something that shouldn't have because I chugged it in a a certain way. Should I wait? No, no, no. You're good. This is actually adds adds to it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I told you, we're on the cusp of uh, (laughs) a nice nice meets not nice. So that's why we can afford rent. You know, (laughs) it, it works. I, we had an experience the first night, uh, third third night living here. We uh, arsonist and shooting at cops. The guy I did, and oh, wow. I heard, yeah, yeah, there was sirens all coming to the house. But that is the beauty of Phoenix. It's very diverse, just like Mescal. Spicy city. <laughs> yeah, spicy. Like spicy. And so uh, after I take that shot with his dad, I'm trying to find him, and I run into his theos, who had who were the ones a few months prior were up here for the Cardinals game, and I was like, oh, they're like, hey, well, let's take a shot of Mescal. I'm like. These are my boys. Can't say no. All right. Let's do it. I already broke broke the seal. Yeah, yeah. I broke yeah. the seal. Did it again. And then I see the black Wyavetta. Yeah, it's kind of hard to miss, right? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. There assholes. he is. <laughs> <They're more black. laughs> exactly. But he's got his back to me, so yeah. I can't tell what's going on. And I go over there like, I'm like, I can't actually drink mezcal. I come over, tap him on the shoulder. He turns around. He's got a bottle and a cup in his hand. I realize now I look. He's in a circle of cousins, yeah. and everyone has the shot glass in their hand. And he goes, oh, here you go. He gives me, and I'm just like... Wow, I walked into this one. This is like his third one. Third, third shot. One in like four yeah. minutes. Four so minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Nine years of avoiding it from that one moment to now having three shots in a matter of time. But I look back on that moment and was like, I was older, wiser, stronger. And it's actually pretty damn good when you're not blackout drunk right. thinking it's water. <laughs> right. Chugging it. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, chugging it. As yeah. you transform into Gollum. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sweating in the corner. Sweating in the corner. And you all have those experiences when you're young. Some Someone's uh, vodka, absolutely. someone, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Goldschlager. Goldschlager. Uh, Goldschlager. That, yeah. Mine was actually beer. It was like MGD. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. So, uh, 
Oh, man, I, I just kind of got the shivers mm. thinking about it. <laughs> my, uh, my stepbrother, growing up on the west side of Phoenix, yeah. uh, I never drank beer. And I, I think at, at that point I was drinking Smirnoff Ice. And they're like, oh, we're doing beer bongs. I'm like, nah, do a Smirnoff Ice. He's like, yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, Jesus. Yep. So I, I start doing oh. the beer bong with Smirnoff Ice. Well, he starts pouring. I close my eyes. So I'm a girl. <laughs> well, he grabs MGD. Oh. Starts pouring that in a bunch. And I'm thinking the bottles, I'm thinking, okay, it's a small bottle, should be ending. So I keep chugging. Well, my calculations aren't very good. Yeah. I'm chugging them MGD. And Ev, him and all of his friends are laughing their asses yeah. off. And there I am <laughs> chugging what I thought was smearing off ice for a little bit, but it really was MGD. Oh, Guess man. what? Throwing up sick. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was the smearing off ice that did that. Probably. <laughs> I was not a good choice maker back in the day. <laughs> yeah. I don't think any of us were. Uh, so uh, the bottles, too. You were explaining the the bottle mm-hmm. to me there's some these are badass bottles yeah they're uh they're pretty awesome uh we got our inspiration from a temple called montalban in oaxaca uh, it is a zapotec culture and there's a, a giant temple kind of right in the middle of town um and it's got um ancient burial sites for all the kings all the zapotec kings oh, wow. where okay. they used to live uh and so there's over 170 kings buried there um and so in one of the king's chambers, they found a cup. Um, so we call it a king's cup. And it had these little like dots, uh, like little bulbs on the top of it. And that's where we got our inspiration for our bottle that we have now. And so we just, uh, we're trying to bring Oaxaca up in, in its most basic form and just trying to share this culture with everybody. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of what you see here. It's kind of a really girthy, hefty bottle. Um, and we're uh, in the process of trying to find somebody local that will help us uh, try and repurpose these bottles maybe into a vase or maybe into an ashtray or maybe into just regular cups to drink. Just, you know, have keep that sustainability going. Yeah. Well, that, water water bottles, yeah, right? Decanter. Yeah, decanter. Yeah, a lot of the bottles. girls we've had over like, oh my God, I just want to use this for water afterwards. Like, yeah, drink the mezcal, but don't mix it up. I've right. been there. <laughs> yeah. you know, I've been Trust there, me. That. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we have we have one more to taste, I think, or do we get them all? No. Oh, no, no. We have one more to taste. So okay. um, we're going to start pouring that out. And the- so what's going on with that is is uh, everything that I've been giving you up to this point has been a what's called mono varietal. Okay. Just one specific type of agave. Uh, we gave you our tobola, we gave you our tepestate, and we gave you our tobasiche. Um, but I forgot a big part of the story. I told you about my great grandfather. I didn't tell you about my grandfather. Okay. Um, so back then, um, you know, they used to have a lot of kids because they would work. It was free labor. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he massed fifteen hundred acres, and uh, he had twelve kids. So yeah. he gave uh, his kids some land. And then uh, his one of his kids was uh, named Pedro Carreño, and he's my gra- uh, grandfather. He had ten kids. Uh, he had seven sis- uh, seven daughters, and then three uh, males. Uh, and so we, he, he's ten. And so the representation of the family um, that that we have is, is is all tied into all of the mezcal. But mezcal was the ancient, uh, the oldest spirit in the Americas. There wasn't really any profit into it. So my grandfather said, I'm not going to make mezcal. I'm not going to sell mezcal. It's still illegal. Um, so what I'm going to focus on with my land is I'm going to do sugarcane, sugarcane production. Uh, and he actually used to sell that to Bacardi family. Uh, we used to make piloncillo, which is uh, molasses uh, for, oh. their, for their dyes, for their rums. Um, so he sold that. But he was a very forward thinker, uh, and so he would always tell the the girls, uh, his daughters, he would always be like, I don't want you to be just a housemaid. I don't want you to just be a stay-at-home mom. Why don't you go out and get degrees and go and study and learn and just become some, make something of yourself? And so they did. They went off to Mexico City, and they, 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 they did something of themselves. Nine years ago, our founder, Lorena Carreño, uh, my aunt, was like, you know what? Um, it's great. We, we, we got our educations. We did everything we needed to do. 
let's go back to what we know. Let's go back to our roots. Let's go ahead and share this culture and let's share our family with everybody. And so um, that's why we created the Miscal Carreño Valley to Valley flight and the lineup. The monovarietals uh, resemble uh, one each uh, for each of the males in the family. So uh, my dad, Chucho, my tío Milton, and my tío Jorge are the representative of the um, single varietals. The Ensemble 7, which is what you're sipping on now, is uh, has a representation of seven different agaves for each and every single one of the women in the family. Uh, interesting. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, this one is really tough. I mean, I, I'm going to help you out with this one because I just, I can just, I can just see <laughs> your face light it's up. It's super like, restrained. I mean, like when you think of mezcal, I guess the average person who drinks is probably like, you know, a lot of. I've said this a few times, but like super smoky. It's hard to, it's hard to communicate just like how understated and restrained and fine this is. Like, it does not taste like it's 46. percent Like, it, it tastes like it drinks a lot smoother than that, and it's a lot more subtle. So, like you got to be an experienced drinker to even like begin to unpackage this one. I feel like mm-hmm. it's, it's really, uh, it's just really fine in, in a way that you don't expect it to be. Yeah. We, we call it complex, uh, because that's just how their, their characters are. The, the seven women have different, yeah. seven different, <laughs> seven different characters, Very man. Different. You've got like, you know, awesome, super funny to super serious and, you know, just, do go to school, go to school, go to school, and stuff like that. So, um, it I really... think I just tasted the go to school one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. go to school. There it is. The go to school. I think that's what we'll call it. But um, that's truly how we bring up our family. Uh, you know, the seven sisters and the monorails. That's how we share our family to your family one one sip at a time. And um, we're the only ones in market. That's our differentiator. Uh, we're the only ones in market. Uh, we weigh out the agaves to make sure that we have the equal amount of agaves of each uh, specific agave. It's got uh, Tobala, Tobasiche, Quiche, Lumbre, Coyote, Tepestate, and Espadín in there. Are each of them assigned to a to a daughter? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I won't say that because then they kind of get mad. <laughs> yeah. We, I mean, even the, even the males, we, we know which one. We were talking about our favorites. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, one of the thing I noticed, and you might have said this, Chris, maybe this was Inception, uh, you know, but uh, very floral, right? You described yeah, this definitely. One as, yeah, this one is very floral. Yeah. Uh, this one truly tastes like roasted agave. And it, because there's so many, it, I mentioned before, it's, it's almost like the Avengers team. They they all come together to form a super strong, like, team that works, works in hand-in-hand with each other. And so this one, you get the roasted agave, and it's very complex, and then you get some little hints of pineapple. And so that's that's what you kind of get on this experience with this one. And then yeah. the Ensemble Siete is our, is our flagship. That's the one that um, the sommeliers love because it's just so, so complex. Yeah. Yeah, we've had a couple of them here that they're like, oh, my God, I'm just mm-hmm. trying to wrap my head around it. Yeah. Yeah, because they've got those advanced palettes. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. And so just to talk a little bit about our founder as well, too, uh, my aunt Lorena Carreño, she is a sommelier. That's why we decided to go with a 46% um, alcohol volume content. Um, and then that's why we specifically picked these plants and to represent for that because she's got that advanced palette where she picked it. And all of our actual bottles have won awards with the Academia de Mezcal y de Maguey uh, in Oaxaca and in Mexico. And so, um, you know, uh, we're just trying to introduce into the industry just a great spirit that we just have this great story where uh we're just literally just trying to share the family yeah so what's the plan like what's the, what you're gonna have it up here soon yeah up this uh, way our projection goal is mid-november to have it okay we're gonna have a bunch of um restaurants and bars that want to take it like we've getting texts from the owners like is it here yeah i know it told you november yeah. they're very they're very they're very eager and that's great like it, it's nice to be wanted you know not 
not being from the industry, we, we don't know the jargon and we're, we're trying to learn as we go. And that's that's the big thing is we learn so much every day. Um, but again, the industry here is there's so many people that are, are trying to help us that heard our story. And they're like, I mean, literally the other day we have a musician. I talked about it at a uh, an agave education class. And within that five minutes of me just talking about it, he goes, hey, I play music here normally. If I'm never not playing music and you need someone to play music, I'll, I'll, I'll play it for free. Like, I want to help you guys just from that five minutes. Yeah, that's and it's, awesome. it's, it really is a great community here in Arizona. So um, it will be at your, your local restaurants and bars here soon. Um, we have a few independents that will, will be in place so you can actually take it and enjoy it um, at home with, with your friends. And you yeah. can talk about it like, hey, I heard about these guys. It's just in Arizona. It, it makes a great gift coming up with the holidays because you have a story to tell behind your secret Santa gift, whatever it may be, because it's going to be so unique. Someone can only get it here yeah. in Arizona. So it's, it's been a process for us to get to this point. A lot of, a lot of work and a lot of regulation and a, a lot of, a lot of headaches, yeah. a lot of doubts sometimes and a lot of things, but it's like the superhero uh, villain story. Um, we've already told you the two, those two stories and I don't think we've shared oh, yeah. the last story with you, which is kind of the most important story. The one that actually got us here. Um, so I'll share that with you. Um, Last year, in August, I had planned for my brother uh, and I to take a trip, just a brother trip. If you graduate high school, just kind of pay him out um, a hotel and a flight. And uh, it was Cancun. He chose Cancun. So that's where my favorite uncle lives, uh, Matthew Milton. And so um, I had already planned this. Abel wasn't really going to be able to go. Uh, he had some stuff to do. He was, uh, you know, the business and stuff. So I had uh, talked to another buddy of mine. He was going. My brother goes, well, can I bring my best friend? And I was like, cool. Then like two weeks before, Abel's like, hey, can I go? And I was like, Dude, if you want to go, like the invites are there. Like my uncle loves you, you know. Yeah, late late flight booking. Yeah. Late flight booking, you know. I'm just like, you know, get the permission from the wife, you know, yeah. make sure that She's everything's good that way. Super pissed at me. Was she? Yeah, because I didn't really like tell her. It was one of those things. Like, I just knew. I, just, I had a feeling. I just I had to go, and I was like, I'm gonna go. Like I'm gonna be working so hard in the next few months. This is like my last trip, and I wasn't. I didn't think I was gonna have enough time, but I was like, you know what? I just gotten back from Camp T for ASU, and I was like, I'm gonna go, and. She wasn't happy. She's like, you didn't really ask me. I go, I kind of asked, told you. <laughs> I, I just, thought I put it on the Google Calendar. Yeah. yeah. I, we're just, on the Google Calendar system now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. that might have been one of the reasons we're on that system wow. now. Yeah. Well, on, on top of that, too, like his 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 cellular phone provider, which we're not going to oh, name, yeah. was allowing his texts to go out, but was not receiving any texts. While you were down there? While uh-huh. we were down there. And hers was doing the same thing. Yeah. So we were both mad at each other because neither of us was replying to each other. <laughs> wow. So, so like, when they finally get a hold of each other, they they go... Uh, do you want to say anything? Yeah. Like, I'm waiting for you. She's like, I'm waiting for do you. you. Like, want to say anything? You, you yeah. need to apologize to me because I've been asking you things. And yeah, and so, yeah. I mean, once I checked in at the hotel and the Wi-Fi came in, I was like, oh. <laughs> he, he actually had to end up taking, like, an earlier flight because he's like, you know what? I'm going to go home and fix this because otherwise I'm going to not have a home to go back yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. Smart man. Yeah. 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 And so uh, what happened with that is uh, Abel says, I'm going to go. And I was like, cool. Now we've got a whole group of five. Uh, my uncle is super happy to host us. And when we get there, uh, we have this great itinerary planned. We're going to go deep sea fishing. We ended up catching a barracuda. We got stuck in Cozumel for uh, Tropical Storm Frankie to Category 2, almost turning into Category 3. Uh, and so uh, before all that, we had gone to – my uncle goes, hey, let's go to this great restaurant. I know it's called Mocambo. And we, uh, my uh, friend is the general manager there. Um, he's He's – Awesome. The restaurant's great. And I'd been there once before and I just remembered it was really good food and our mezcal is being sold there. So I go, yeah, let's, let's go. We're like, we're hungry. We specific, I, every time I go to Mexico, I don't eat purposefully so that I can eat all the good Mexican food. (laughs) (laughs) This restaurant's on the water, uh, right at the water break. It's not inside of a hotel. It's outside. Uh, and 
they pay I think like two hundred fifty thousand dollars in That's rent. Crazy. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. So good food. Uh, our mascot is there, and great weather. Everything is just perfect. Um, and this story, you know what? I, I think I should you, you kind of finish it because it's your your what? story. Like he, he, he never the weather told was me great, this. and it was because we didn't know a storm was coming. Like, that's the crazy <laughs> thing is we had no idea until we jumped on that ferry that a big hurricane was getting ready to hit. So that's yeah. the funny part is we were in this calm before the storm was coming. Yeah. Um, but we're so we're at this hotel or this excuse me this restaurant. It's a very big restaurant. We're sitting in the middle. We get like the the really nice table in the middle of it because he knows the his Theo knows the GM puts down the bottle. Well, this guy starts playing the saxophone. The band had just finished, and then all of a sudden this guy goes up starts playing the sax. He had, was from San Diego, really good sax player, missed his flight. I love the sax. My mom raised me on Kenny G, of all people. Like, yeah. I was like, man, this is awesome. So <laughs> yeah. the music's just, it's, it's just great because he's walking around, he's playing, he's got, he's got wireless. But diving in the Moscow, we're, we're enjoying great food. We have new friends, old friends, family, um, kind of like what we're trying to bring here. You guys are having that, that food and new friendship and old friendship kind of, you know, going over stories. Yeah. And the mixologist had just won a contest there for best mixologist in Cancun. So he's like, hey, can I make that same drink, but I'm going to use your guys' mezcal. We're like, yeah, that sounds great. He pours it for us, and we're drinking, and I'm a big talker, and I'm just having fun, and I look at my buddy's cocktail across from me, and there's this light shining on it. So it's kind of going back to that first moment when I saw the water. I'm just like, oh, I'm like, wow, Cancun's so smart. These guys want you to drink more, so they have lights installed in the in the roof. So I'm looking up to see where these lights are at, and it's a palm tree, a palm tree leaf roof. So there's no lights up there, and I'm like, where is this light coming from? And it just happened to be the time of day, the time of year, and where we were sitting, that there was a pin, like a hole, in the palm tree leaf. And I see it. I finally follow it, and I see this sunbeam shining on this cocktail. And I was like, if this isn't a sign, what I should do? I don't know what is. And I got quiet and just sat there, and I said, we've been drinking this mezcal for years. It's been part of my life good and bad for years <laughs> and i want to bring it up because i think if i can share it this exact way kind of what we've, we've done tonight where you guys just had some really good food good stories you know that's that's what i want to do and so yeah. we started talking oh well no no he no no he didn't <laughs> let me cut you off there big guy no he, he didn't he didn't tell me this he, he just didn't. he just yeah. he just he normally talks a lot but he just kind of was quiet and i was like well i wonder what's wrong with him maybe he's just just Di- like i don't know whatever diarrhea or something yeah, yeah i wonder man you know he's everyone's that's a, a different happens. oaxaca trip there's <laughs> something i will never drink in oaxaca <laughs> give me that diarrhea Montez, uh, montezuma it's, yeah it's a uh, different different tejate, story tejate, tejate, but well it's never drink tejate drink mezcal i if you've got if if you're immune like i am where you're born there you're yeah, <laughs> but uh, he didn't tell me this story, dude. Uh, I was like, actually, I'm kind of mad because he kind of ruined my birthday almost uh, last year. Uh, for my birthday, I always kind of have a, a dinner with friends and stuff. I just that's what I, my thing is: is just get my friends together, have a good time. That's kind of what we do. We just get friends together, have a good time. And so we were at dinner, and so I go, all right, cool. Everybody kind of wants to go out. We want to continue the the, the the party and stuff like that. Uh, do you want to come out? And he's with the missus, so I, I kind of would understand maybe come out for like an hour or two. Nope. He's like, nope, I am going to go home. I'm done, and I need you to be at my house tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. And I go, what? And he goes, it's important. i, I got to talk to you about something. And I go, crap. I think he's going to die. I think he's he got literally terminally ill cancer, and he doesn't want to tell me on my birthday because it's going to ruin it. So 
he's gonna die. So I go out, and the whole time that I'm going out, I'm just thinking like, my best friend's gonna die. My best friend's gonna die. Like there's there's something that's gonna happen, and it's just not right. So he goes at nine, and he told me nine. And he goes, make sure you're there because I'm on Oaxaca time, so <laughs> I'm always kind of late. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but I actually did show up at eight fifty nine. I was super proud of myself. I was like, I showed up at eight fifty nine, and I like, opened the door, and I was like, please tell me you're not dying, like crying, you know, and stuff like that. And he goes, No, I'm not dying. <laughs> He goes, I want to talk to you about a business. And I was like, really? And I go, what, what do you what, what do you want to do? And he goes, well, this is the experience that I had in Cancun with you. And I go, wow, why haven't you told me that this whole time? I'm like, I've been like, you know, wanting to like bring up my family's mascot, but I, I know nothing about business. I, 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 I don't. Uh, why don't you like help me bring it up? And he goes, if you're in, I'm in. And I go, We've been working together. We've been best friends. I was your best friend. I was like, of course I'm in. Let's, where do I sign? You know, like yeah. blood packed, like, like brothers for life. Like, you know, like <laughs> sangre de sangre, sangre de sangre, you know, so, something weird, you know? And so from there, that was January 9th, uh, end of January, we had our LLCs. Uh, we took a trip to San Diego for uh, a mezcal event. Uh, then we went in April to the Hacienda. Um, we went in July. I went back in May. Uh, my tia came up for the Agave Fest, and I went back. Uh, we went back at the beginning of August, and we're here now, uh, almost eleven months later, and getting ready to launch this thing. So it's so all so surreal. Yeah, it's pretty badass, man. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of learning. Oh, I bet. Yeah, like things you don't even think about. Right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like putting the rings underneath the, the cup so that Chris doesn't spill them. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Spelled it anyway. Yeah, yeah he did. He's a, he's a twirler. <laughs> yeah. Not anymore. I learned. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. We had we had one other friend. From, uh, I'm not going to mention names or anything, but he was like, "Oh, this is great, Muscat." But every time he would like set it down, he would spill it and be like, "It's great, Muscat, but you're spilling it, huh?" <laughs> he's like, "Can I have some more?" I was like, "Yeah, you can." Yeah. Part of the Oaxacan culture to teach people. Yeah. Know? education right yeah and that is a big part of it it's it's a love for it like we love that people actually like to learn about it but we really do like to you know enlighten people on something that has so much history and tradition yeah we guys are doing a great job thank you definitely i think you got two fans here for sure absolutely yeah yeah Yeah. to be more available here yeah so anything else you guys want to add before we wrap up uh yeah if you are interested in trying to help us out you can follow our socials mescacareno us um, again, we are just a two-man show. We're going to try to self-distribute this ourselves. So we are re- reaching out to the community because we, we need your help. Uh, we will only be as successful as our neighbors here in the Valley You know, help us be and beyond. Yeah. Um, so anyone that, that has whatever it may be that they can give us advice or or a, a lead, whatever it may be, we're, we're, we are looking for it because we've, we are not normal industry guys, but we are your regular guys we're your, your friends and your brothers your cousin whatever it may be that you've grown up with like that's us trying to do something big and uh, everyone can get these huge uh celebrities to endorse their stuff or the celebrities are producing it well help help your little guys because we really are the your support local small business and we, we want this to be arizona's mezcal and you know we're, we're fortunate to be here in this time and place with all these great people so we yeah. appreciate anything that you can offer us yeah, I don't. I don't think I've heard of uh, another two best friend kind of partner duo that have family ties in Arizona. Kind of, you know, I consider myself a native. I've I've grown up here, thirty two now, but I've grown up here since I was like four, so twenty years. Abel's third generation, 
And so we're the only guys doing this. So it's not like, you know, we're pushing, like I said, uh, some sort of portfolio or anything. We're just trying to share my family's mezcal, my, my culture and everything with you guys. So, yeah, like Abel said, we appreciate any love and support that we get. And uh, we thank you guys very much. I mean, you guys took time out of your day. Uh, I know, like, we we both have our regular jobs and stuff like that. We're just trying to make this work. Uh, no money. And I think that works out because we're not making all those mistakes. And yeah. <laughs> uh we're just getting our, our, our knuckles bloody, just knocking door to door, and we thank you guys very much. Yeah. My well, pleasure. Thanks for man. having us, Alan. Thanks for the knowledge and wisdom. Appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Anytime, brother. And the grasshoppers and the oranges. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those, <laughs> those, oh, and the, uh, the, almond, the almond dip. Chipotle almond dip. Yeah, I'm getting that recipe. So <laughs> I think I just licensed it actually while we were doing this call. Did you? <laughs> yeah. We're not going to sell this guy anymore. We're just yeah. Gonna sell we're, it. We're in the yeah, that's it. Brothers. Yeah. Uh, well, guys, thanks. I, I'm 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 a supporter for sure, and I'll spread the word. It's my pleasure. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Absolutely. Cheers, everybody. Adios, compas. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the episode and keep an eye out for that mezcal. I'm telling you, this stuff is legit, and these guys are. Awesome dudes. Isaac and Ivan are just uh, two genuine cool guys looking to bring in some great mezcal into Arizona. So follow them on Instagram, mezcal.carreño.us. And if you guys want to support the podcast, do me a huge favor. Rating and review on iTunes takes about two or three minutes. Let us know what you're thinking. Hopefully, you're really enjoying it and hopefully, we get a good review. But, uh, it helps. It really helps us climb up the rankings and uh, get more exposure, which which helps all these these people that we're highlighting through the podcast, uh, the beer community, the spirits community, food, all that stuff. We we want to show the world that Arizona is badass. So, rating review on iTunes, highly appreciated. So, always remember too. This is the most important part of the whole show. Remember, always stay awesome. Y cuando se va de casa, triste me pongo, estoy tan enamorado de mi negra preciosa, y cuando se va